So this first episode is a short introduction um, on what is the Bible. The Bible is the most influential book in human history. The Guinness Book of World Records describes it as the best-selling and most distributed book. But what is it exactly? N.T. Wright describes it as a big book in which the people of God have said, this is our story. And as you read it, you discover that it can be your story too. It's the story of God and the world from the start to finish, focused on God and his chosen people. Israel, which itself becomes focused shockingly on Israel's Messiah, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus shows up in the second half of the Bible in a place called the New Testament and validates that he is Lord of the one foreshadowed and prophesied in the Old Testament. Jesus is, in fact, the Lord of the world through whom God's kingdom on earth was established, and we are called, invited, purposefully designed to join into this project. Digging a little deeper, Dr. Tim Mackey, who is the co-founder of the Bible Project, offers additional insight. He reminds us that while the Bible is one connected story, it has a unique design with various genres. In fact, the Bible includes two main literary collections. One is called the Hebrew Bible. It is a unified editorial collection that predates Christianity, meaning the collection comes before Jesus. Side note, a Christian is someone who follows Jesus Christ. We'll learn more about who Jesus is in the podcast as we read the Bible. Dr. Tim Mackey, um, which you can also check out lectures that he provides on YouTube, um, wonderfully describes the Bible as one connected story that leads to Jesus. Something interesting to reflect on is how C.S. Lewis, the author of Chronicles of Narnia and Mere Christianity, among many other well-known books, describes the trilemma of Christianity, where we basically stand at a fork in the road and we must decide whether we think Jesus was a liar a lunatic, or Lord, just as he claimed in the Bible. C.S. Lewis believed Jesus was Lord, and therefore everything he said was true. And Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And Jesus had memorized the Hebrew Bible, as did his disciples. Jesus was both a Jew and the Messiah, connecting the Old Testament and the story of God and the Jewish people to the New Testament, the story of Jesus who fulfilled the promise made to Israel launching the messianic or Christ-following way to live more free, more fully as the restored and redeemed people that were alienated and dislocated from him in Genesis 2. Dr. Tremper Longman, in a Seminary Now lecture, describes how Jesus spent much of his adult years explaining and clarifying the way to understand the Old Testament. He was doing what we're doing now and how Christians should live to flourish as God intended. Tremper describes the Old Testament is how is all about Jesus, although this may seem strange because his name doesn't occur. However, in the New Testament, in chapter 24 of Luke, when Jesus himself refers to Scripture, note, when Jesus is referring to Scripture, he's talking about the Old Testament because the New Testament wasn't written yet. He is re- referencing the fact that the Old Testament describes Jesus and, and, and how it was anticipating his coming. Then, between Jesus' resurrection and his ascension, Jesus spends most of his time talking about the interpretation of the Old Testament and how Christians should read the Old Testament. 
Specifically, in Luke 24, 13 to 35, there is a famous story often referred to as the road to Emmaus, where two disciples are walking and they are joined by Jesus, but they do not recognize him as Jesus. And Jesus asks them, why are you so sad? They respond with, you must be the only person who doesn't know what's going on. Then they recount the fact that Jesus himself, their leader, had just been crucified, but then they had heard reports that the tomb was empty where Jesus had been buried. Uh, The tomb, which was very confusing and frustrating. Then Jesus replied that they should have known what was going to happen because the whole of scripture, namely the law and the prophets of the Old Testament, anticipated his coming. Jesus basically says this again to a wider group of disciples, that they should have known because the law, the prophets, and the Psalms, which is the third part of the Jewish canon of the Old Testament, had proclaimed that the Messiah was coming. And Jesus is affirming not only that he's the Messiah, but the importance of the Old Testament as part of the story. The first part of the Bible is often referred to as the Hebrew Bible. It is a collection of ancient Jewish literature that came into existence slowly over the period of a millennium through a set of forces in history that are super cool. We often refer to the Hebrew Bible as part of the Old Testament, which chronologically comes before the New Testament, which is the second main literary collection where Jesus is making claims that these Hebrew Bible textual developments are leading to him and the culminating moment where he is going to Jerusalem to die on purpose, at the hands of the Romans and of his own people. And he's also anticipating the creator God was going to vindicate him and bring him out the other side and do something for the whole of creation. This collection is thematically unified, and while God's people read a lot of Christian things like we do, in early Christian history, they did not have the same weighted value as they held the 27 books which make up the New Testament and were unified in just a few decades. That makes these books in the New Testament really something special. This story of Jesus is told four times over in the Gospels of the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. The New Testament stems out of Jesus, who was the Savior and model, modeled for humans how to be in God's image and likeness, how we are to bear his name to others in creation, which we learned about in the Old Testament, particularly uh, in Genesis and Exodus. And Jesus commissioned his followers to go spread the news of what he did, that he was the king of the world. And so we have the letters and writings of his followers to go spread the news that he's the king of the world. The letters and writings of his followers and four accounts all go back to the earliest circle of his followers. However, the New Testament is different than the ancient Hebrew Bible, which describes Israel as a kingdom. It started with a couple, which becomes a family. The first Jewish family started with Abraham, which became a tribe, which became 12 tribes. It became a kingdom. Then Jesus brings Israel's story to fulfillment through his son and launches a renewed people of God. Then the New Testament describes the Jesus movement, which is like an organic viral movement going multilingual and cross-cultural from the start. And it took more time and a different process for those writings from the apostles, which were like deputies. The second to last page of the Bible describes how the people of God reign forever and ever in his light. I think it's important to note that while there were other Christian readings, the people of God privileged what the apostles wrote, which ultimately led to the New Testament. We've talked about how the Bible is unified and a connected story, 
But what do we mean by story? Dr. Tim Mackey also offers important clarifications on the term. Story, because sometimes I think we might assume that story means fiction. However, story by definition can be an account or a telling of events which is true or imagined. Story is a way of communicating. When we say the Bible is a story, we're saying it is the Christian account of the kingdom of God, which includes us. It is the true telling of our salvation story, an account that describes whose we belong to, what we were made for, how to live a flourishing life, and participate in the restoration and redemption of the world, which Jesus calls us into and promises he's returning to for recreation. One of the risks of not reading the Bible as one connected story is that we run a greater risk of reading into it or making it about something else. Christianity started with oral tradition. What's an oral tradition? It's telling stories instead of writing them down, largely because the early majority of people could not write or read. Instead, people would share their information in story form, maybe something like we do on social media, but in person with songs and analogies, images, monologues, skits, and the like. They would pass down their stories from generation to generation. Note that stories are an account of something or someone. The term story can apply to an imaginary or make-believe account or something or someone and therefore can be considered fiction. However, a story can also refer to the spoken or written account of connected events. A story can describe what is visible to us and experienced by our five senses. A story can also include what is invisible but felt or believed in faith, for example, love. A story can be told in different forms. For example, some fictional stories can have historical or moral stories embedded in them, or some non-fictional stories can be told or written in other forms, such as allegory, metaphor, or idiom. Even scientific research is designed and delivered in writing and presentation with storytelling in mind. Again, this does not inherently mean fibbing or manipulation took place. We know that all forms of communication are persuasive, and we want to share what we know in the most effective ways. When you try to describe or explain or teach someone something, do you think carefully about what to say and how to say it in order to help them understand what you saw, feel, mean, or what you want them to know or do, and in many cases, why? I sure have. The term story is perceptibly a more wisely, widely used term in, by Americans. For the English, the word is narrative. According to biblical scholars, a third of the Hebrew Bible and New Testament each are narratives. Another third of the Bible is poetry, and a final third is classified as discourse, which is direct, non-fictional writing, speeches and essays, things like that. The Bible's literary form is a basic unifying theme, and the content has a meta-narrative. It's a shape, so it's actually more intuitive. And page one of the Bible starts with, in the beginning. It is telling us a story. It has a beginning. The story starts with creation in Genesis through 2 Kings when the Israelites go are going into exile. This is the first main narrative block, according to Dr. Tim Mackey, who offers lectures and resources um, if you Google it or visit the Bible Project, which is an incredible resource. By the end of the Old Testament, different Jewish groups were all anticipating something that would carry the story forward, which we know is Jesus in the account of the New Testament. Jesus says the whole, this is coming to fulfillment in him. This is a pivotal moment 
N.T. Wright describes Mary, the mother of Jesus, as the beginning of the rebellion. I think of Star Wars. She's, she's part of the resistance. And did you know that one of the descriptive meanings for the name Mary is beloved and rebelliousness? <laughs> and then the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross for our sins, that's the beginning of the revolution, the fulfillment that launches the people of God to go out into all nations. And in the end, the people of God reign forever and ever with Jesus, as it's described in Revelations. So what is the Bible? It's a unified story that Paul the Apostle describes as inspired or God-breathed, depending on your Bible translation. The Bible is sometimes also referred to as scripture. Paul describes how the Old Testament gives wisdom about how we need to be rescued by trusting in the Messiah and that the Messiah's name is Jesus. It's wisdom literature with a narrative underneath about a problem and our need of rescue by a savior. Scripture is described as useful for training to be a servant of God, to be equipped for every good work. References included in this podcast um, are from Dr. Tim Mackey in The Bible Project, Dr. N.T. Wright, Premier Insights, and other lectures from YouTube in an interview with Dr. Tim Mackey by the Gospel Simplicity Channel on YouTube links and other details are found in the episode description.